Hello and welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live. Carlos Whitaker with Kristen Ivy. Kristen, another day, another conversation. Another conversation. And Carlos, this is such a critical, important conversation. Mm. I'm so excited to have our good friend, yes. Chenwei Williams, back. She's our counseling buddy. Yeah, um, she's been yeah. on a few times. Yes, you guys may remember her from identifying a kid in crisis, talking to your kid in crisis, dealing yeah. with anxiety. anxiety. Um, but is coming back to talk to us specifically about something that we've been noticing in teen culture. Yeah. So yeah. specifically, if you're parenting a middle schooler, high schooler, or a kid who might grow up to be one of those one day. Right. Maybe all of you. <laughs> then this is going to be a conversation for you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that specifically is this, like we've talked before, we've joked Carlos about that parenting is different now than it was when yes. we were growing yeah. up. And I remember when we were growing up, some of the things that my parents were afraid of or that they feared was like too much partying, too much drinking. Right. You know, sneaking out the window, sneaking out breaking the window. Curfew. Yeah. Like don't, don't get pregnant when you're 14. Right. Like there were these kind of things that right. they were worried about. And the good news for parents today is those things are actually on the decline. Mm. And so all those um, statistically are kind of, trending away all of the um what we would say like negative social behaviors absolutely but the thing that's on the rise and actually on the rise everywhere in every socioeconomic um, demographic across this country Mm. is depression and suicide yes in fact teen depression is up 33 percent wow and teen suicide is up 31 percent wow this last year teen suicide was actually the number one cause of death for girls. No, for teen um, girls. For teen girls. Wow. So this is just an issue that I think for a lot of us, um, maybe it's not a new thing. Mm. Um, it's definitely not a new thing. But there is just this kind of awareness that, hey, it seems like it's hitting our teenagers in a, in a more impactful way yeah, than yeah. ever before. Yeah, and and you know what? The conversation that you, you have um, – it's actually just so everybody knows it's hope filled and, and you don't need to, you know, stop the podcast right now. Cause you're thinking, Oh, I don't know if I can deal with this. No, no. Um, the point here with this conversation is to really give us, uh, arm us with hope and with truth on, on how to deal with these things. So, uh, without further ado, let's hop straight into this really crucial conversation with Chinway. Welcome back to Parent Q. It's so good to see you here and have this conversation today. Oh, thank you so much, Kristen. I'm so glad to be here. It's an important conversation to have. It is. Mm -hmm. And we already talked in the intro just a little bit about why we're having this conversation, the importance of this conversation, that there is this kind of rise in Mm -hmm. um, our country Mm -hmm. on teen depression and suicide. Mm -hmm. And so as a parent of teenagers, that alarming to yeah. hear that I mean you kind of look in and go wait wait wait, wait. Mm-hmm. can we go back to the days where drinking mm-hmm. and partying mm-hmm. were the main concerns driving really fast right yeah so what would you say to a parent when they hear that stat and they're going wait I have a teenager mm-hmm. um what would you say for them to be aware of or to be considering um with their teen yeah. So as you mentioned, as we've already talked about, it is a, an alarming statistic at this point. Um, you know, depression is on the rise. Suicide is the third leading cause of death among 
young people mm-hmm. um, and second only to homicide, which is mm-hmm. like really, really frightening. Uh, so some of the signs, it, and, and it is important to have um, parents be aware that there typically are um, symptoms and um, signs to look for that could indicate that there's something troubling your teenager and some of the signs to look for is any sort of change in behavior so change in their sleep or change in their eating habits Um, if they become more withdrawn let's say you have a teenager who's outgoing and bubbly and all of a sudden they become more um, uh, isolated and withdrawn that's something to kind of pay attention to if you have a young person that's typically really fastidious or just really concerned about everything kind of being in the right order and they normally keep their room clean and then you're noticing that things are kind of in disarray and completely out of order and one of the signs that um, usually is uh, something that we pay attention to is a decline in school performance. Mm -hmm. If you have a child that's, you know, even an average student, you know, typically doing what they need to do, um, and then all of a sudden their grades start slipping, um, they're not attending class, or they're not wanting to even get up to go to school, that's usually something that um, we look for as a mental health professional as a sign that something is going on with the child. Great. And as you're Mm -hmm. talking, I'm flooded with all kinds of thoughts. So I'm going to try to, to sort through some of those. One is just this, that, um, your response to those situations. So you would recommend going, Hey, your kid is maybe they're super orderly, Mm -hmm. fastidious. Mm -hmm. Like you used Mm -hmm. large word, just throwing it right (laughs) out there. Like it's every day and you notice their world is in disarray and it's a mess. Um, but the response to that in those in the situation would not be, you know, why aren't you keeping your room mm-hmm, clean mm-hmm. or to jump right on that behavior? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But what would be maybe another way to respond um, and check in maybe a different way? Yeah, you know, and that might be your initial response the <laughs> first time that you're noticing it as a parent, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what's going on? This isn't like you, right? But if there are other signs that you're picking up on, um, and typically, we look for multiple symptoms over the course of two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one thing. Their room is not being kept as neat as it typically has been, or they're not wanting to hang out with their friends. It's probably six or seven things that's occurring more days out of the week than not over the course of two weeks, and, and, and even longer, really. So if you're noticing that, Um, You really want to check in. You don't want to make assumptions. You want to check in and ask questions about what might be going on. Just share your observations in a non-judgmental way Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just kind of find out, yeah, like, is there something that you would want to share with me? Because I'm noticing that things are a little different. Yeah. So I've noticed that your grades Mm -hmm. seem to be falling off in several classes. Mm -hmm is there something going on or is, you know, how are you feeling? Yes. Those kinds of hard questions. Yeah. How are you doing? Mm. How are you doing? That's great. Mm -hmm. Now, given just the prevalence of depression Mm -hmm. in our Mm -hmm. teen culture today, Mm -hmm. um, what are the, what's the likelihood that say your teenager who isn't exhibiting any symptoms, Mm -hmm. they seem to be doing just fine. Mm -hmm. uh, But what are the chances that they maybe know somebody who's affected by depression or maybe even having suicidal thoughts? Yeah, well, if you are just considering the statistics that we've shared, 
um, the chances are really, really high that they are going to be faced with this issue um, in one way or at some point in their in their teenagehood. And so I, I have a 13-year-old now, and um, she's she's just a joy. She's a happy child. And she shared with me recently that one of the friends that she's been communicating with online shared something really disturbing. And I was like, what was, what was that? And she said that he said that he didn't want to be here anymore. He didn't want to be alive. He wanted to kill himself. And I've got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a mom, but I'm all, I'm also a professional. And so I was taken aback. I was like, wow, she's 13. It's like, I don't want her to be exposed to this. And, and I'm someone who is exposed to this every single day. So there is a high probability that even if your child isn't experiencing um, depression or depressed mood, they probably know a friend that is, and they may even know of someone who um, is so severe that they are considering taking their own life. So if you're a parent and you found out that your Mm -hmm. kid knows somebody, Mm -hmm. so maybe it's not your own child, but they have a friend or they know somebody like mm-hmm. your daughter experienced. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. kind of advice would you give to the parent? How do you have a conversation and talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing we therapists love to talk about feelings <laughs> and it becomes cliche, but that's usually where we start. Um, I would just, as a parent, I would just check in with my child and say, how's that making you feel? Like that seems big. Mm. And even as an adult, that feels heavy to me that you have a friend or you know someone that isn't doing well what's coming up for you and that's like the first I think entry point into really understanding how your child is processing this information Um, they may want to know how to help and Mm -hmm. I think all children are really natural helpers and especially if this is a friend or someone that they even casually know they may want to know, and this was the case for my for my daughter, she wanted to know how best to help. Mm. So she happened to be talking to a therapist, and so mm-hmm. I was able to equip her, but a lot of parents don't necessarily know what to do. But um, the first thing that I would say to do is to, if your child has direct contact with the individual that's going through the difficult time, is to offer hope and encouragement and offer professional support. Mm. So what kind of professional support you did you tell your daughter right in the moment? Here are some professional websites or um, what what kind of support is there Yeah, for in that particular instance? I didn't offer a website. Um, I asked her to share with her friend that help is out there. Mm. And I asked her if she could, you know, if her friend felt comfortable sharing how he was feeling with his parents because that's going to be the first step and then also you know every school has a school counselor or some sort of guidance personnel Mm -hmm. and so that would be the next step if for whatever reason the child didn't feel like they can go to the school or excuse me go to their parent Um, and then I also encourage um, my daughter to speak to the counselor tell her friend that is that something that would be okay for me to do and the friend agreed and so my daughter actually spoke to the school counselor saying I'm just worried I'm Mm -hmm. just worried that's great that's very helpful Mm -hmm. now what if you do find out that this is your kid your kid Mm -hmm. is exhibiting signs of depression or you feel like something is going on um how do you start 
that conversation? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Kristen. You start by taking a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. even as you're saying it, if you discover that your kid is showing signs of depression, and we all know that depression, if left untreated, can lead to thoughts of suicide. I mean, that's sort of like a heavy thing. And so a parent definitely needs to kind of like take a breath, kind of process how they're feeling before they go to their child, because we always want to respond appropriately instead of react. Mm. Um, Because if this is really going on, the child is going through a lot, a Mm -hmm. lot of um, emotions. And so we don't necessarily want to then kind of um, overload them with our own emotions. It's okay for us to have them, but maybe calm ourselves down and then approach our child with love and just say, I care about you. Mm-hmm. I care about you. These are the things that I'm observing. Um, I'm your parent. Of course, I'm going to naturally worry about you and I want to know what I can do to help. Mm. Now, clearly in that situation it's important to seek some kind of professional help Mm -hmm. and to get your child connected with a counselor or somebody else who can um, help walk through this with them Mm -hmm. what are some things though that you would tell a parent hey in that situation here's some common mistakes (laughs) things maybe you shouldn't do that you know in these situations we're not always going to react the way we would hope um But so what are some things that you've seen along the way? Just be like a warning sign, hey, don't do these things. (laughs) There are usually two things that are on the opposite end of the spectrum that we just encourage parents to avoid. Um, The first thing is sort of the knee-jerk reaction of freaking out. Mm. That's a term working with teenagers. I probably hear it every single day. Mom was freaking out. I can't. I can't even like. And and so then, what did you do? What was your response? I shut down. Mm. So you don't want to freak out, and you could even freak out with an uh, excess of um, worry. And I love you, and I want to mm. make this better, right? So you kind of want to be more measured in your response, feel your feelings, but definitely when you're talking to your child, um, try to kind of keep it as calm and mellow as possible. Mm-hmm. The other thing on the opposite end of the spectrum that you want to avoid is just ignoring it. Right? Mm. And sometimes as, as parents, as adults, we're guilty of just closing our eyes, shutting our ears, and hoping that difficult things go away. And mm. for some adults, it's based on their own past history of pain or neglect or some things that, that have happened in their family background. Some people just don't know how to cope with these types of things. And then some people are really just thinking this is a developmental thing. Teenagers right. are experiencing weird and crazy emotions. It'll probably go away. Um, so it, it tends not to go away. Right. Well, and we started this episode with the statistics um, for a very specific reason, mm-hmm. because I think one of the things that um, we read about, and you, you've talked with us a little bit about before, mm-hmm. is this nature in which um, depression can be social yes, and that it can travel. Yes. And so given the rise statistically across mm-hmm. the country, mm-hmm. it actually has a very real and tangible mm-hmm. uh, result on maybe 
how it is influencing a kid today mm-hmm. differently mm-hmm. than in past seasons. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. There's actually a term um, called suicide contagion. And so um, the more um, known term is really copycat mm. suicide. And so years ago, um, for those of you who are familiar with the famous comedian Robin Williams, um, after he took his own life um, due to a, an illness, mm. um, there was a rise in in suicide um, among all age groups, including wow. teenagers. And so I witnessed the same phenomenon working in a high school as a high school counselor. Um, just even in the district, if there was a, a child who took their life in the school across the city, um, we were on high alert because oftentimes we would hear more and more um, reports of, of, of children who were wanting to, to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, and sometimes that actually occurred. And so, yeah, um, teenagers are, are social beings. They're impacted. They're influenced by, um, by people, by culture, and certainly by their peers. And so it's something that um, we really need to monitor and, and look at. So in a sense, these things are something that we should pay attention to maybe even more so right now in our mm-hmm. world today mm-hmm. than ever before, mm-hmm. just simply for that fact. And so what would you say to a parent where maybe your child knows somebody that has taken their own life, whether that's a close friend, maybe it's in their yeah. school, mm-hmm. um, maybe it's just even through social media, mm-hmm. but it's entered into their world and they're aware of this? Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's an excellent question because because of social media, because of the worldwide web, our young people are exposed to so much and they're getting lots of sophisticated um, knowledge at a rapid pace and they don't necessarily know how to kind of process and make sense of out of all of this. And then on top of it, their hormones are very active um, and teenagers are known to be pretty emotional. Mm -hmm. And so if they learn that a suicide has occurred among someone that's um, in in their peer group, it is a time for parents to really be, again, on high alert. And one of the things that I would really just um, encourage parents to look out for is isolation. Mm. And so if you um, see your child spending more and more time alone, and especially if this is a child who is more um, outgoing or social, that's something that I would pay attention to, especially if you know that some other child has taken their life. Um, you want to do a little bit more checking in. Hey, what's going on? Um, how, how's everything How's everything going? Is there anything that you need? What's going on? Um, or what are you learning and how are you kind of taking this information in? And I would also encourage parents to keep like following up because mm-hmm. they may not get um, a lot of information and, or the young person may not just be willing to share because they don't know what's going on with them. Uh, but it's good to follow up um, and be consistent with that. Now, when you have a conversation mm-hmm. with a kid, when mm-hmm. you sense that they may be depressed mm-hmm. or they may be spiraling into mm-hmm. a difficult place, mm-hmm. what are some of the questions? And I know as a parent, you may not mm-hmm. be having a lot of these questions. You may be hopefully connecting them with a counselor to have those. But what are some of the first couple of things that would help a parent mm-hmm. really assess mm-hmm. the situation yeah. um, and know maybe what they're really dealing with? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a couple of things that immediately come to mind in terms of red flags. So if you already have um, enough information to let you know that your young person is going through something tough, if you find out, and it may not be from your child, you may find out from their peers or from a coach or um, an educator, if you find out that there may be some bullying going on at mm. school that's something definitely to pay extra attention to um, we know through research that children who feel outcasted mm. and targeted mm. um, tend to be at higher risk if you as a parent know that your family's been going through a tough time maybe your um, spouse has lost uh, their job or maybe you've had some personal loss or anguish um, mm. You want to pay extra attention. And then some specific questions that you would want to ask just to assess if just sort of the level of severity, and this is what we do in our counseling offices, is just ask the child, um, if you're feeling this way, how likely are you to hurt yourself? Mm. And, and you know, we know that depression um, manifests in a lot of different ways, including self-harm. Right. So we may not be necessarily talking about suicide but wanting to numb yourself or or get rid of the pain and so you want to ask that question and then if someone actually says I'm thinking I have thoughts of suicide you want to assess for safety so how how would you do it well you know maybe maybe I would take some pills um you want to see if there are pills that that are around you want Mm. to um you know, just be extra vigilant about that. Um, are there any firearms mm. in, in the home? Uh, you want to be extra vigilant about making sure that those are locked up if that's the case. And sometimes kids have thoughts, but they don't necessarily want to go through it. They're just letting you know that they're in a lot of pain. Wow. Now, a lot of this is really heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are families who may be walking through this with a child, yeah. maybe knowing somebody walking through this, or they're just listening and they have an adolescent and they're going, how can I prevent this Mm -hmm. in my home? Um, What are some preventative things that you would say for teens who are going into uh, a world where there's a lot of pressure and stress that they're going to have to deal with that help us be proactive as parents? Yeah. Um, Excellent. I'm so glad that you asked that. Strong connections. Number one, strong connections to um, families, and that's for everyone. That's Mm. for parents, too. Strong connections to their own family and to other families. Um, Strong connections to adults in the community, definitely adults who share similar values. Mm. Um, If you are connected to a church, that's super helpful. Um, if you're connected to organizations, even ball clubs, that's like a small community that can help um, sort of buffer some of the effects mm-hmm. of sadness and like depression. Um, and something else that I teach my teens, which I think is probably important to mention today, is that there's a, a pretty clear association or correlation with depression and unspoken fears, Hmm. um, depression and repressed thoughts, Hmm. depression and internal conflict. Hmm. So if that's the case, how would we as parents even know that this is going on? I know because the kids are sharing with me and I kind of link the dots for them. Um, so that's why it's important. We don't always know. So that's why it's important to have 
continuous open dialogue about everything, Mm. everything that matters to your child. Know who your child is and have conversations. Begin when they're easy. (laughs) Talking about, (laughs) you know, preventative measures. Begin when it's about your favorite ice cream flavor, you Mm. know, your favorite ball club. What is it that you want to do this summer? Where are we going to go as a family? Let's try to figure it out together. Talk about those things. And then the more you're talking about those sort of mundane or fun or neutral topics, um, the likelihood is that your child will be able to eventually open up about more difficult subject matters. Um, The other piece that I think is really important is that children, um, yeah, so I, I often think about what I had and what I didn't have as a teenager um, compared to what my husband and I are providing our kids now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, my husband and I will get into a little bit of a conflict around just Christmas gifts, right? <laughs> I was like, babe, they don't need 50. He's like, right. two. Like, he can't even open. He's tired. He's having a tantrum because he's yeah. having to open all these gifts. And my husband's like, but I didn't have this. And, and we're able to provide. And I want to see him happy, right? right. Um, and that's great. but kids need our presence and kids need to feel like they're contributing. Mm -hmm. Um, so my two year old has a chore and that's something that I would recommend for all families is to help your child know the value of giving back, Mm -hmm. of contributing, of, of giving of themselves as opposed to necessarily, um, expecting to be given things. And so that can look a number of different ways. I love that you connect giving and generosity to as an anecdote, um, antidote as a preventative measure yeah. to depression. Yes. That one of the feelings of depression is that you don't have self worth, yes. that you um, don't have anything to offer, anything to provide. And yes. the opposite of that is serving, having an opportunity to give back and see the good that you can do in the world. Yes. Um, that's yes. amazing. I think. You've also talked to us about one other thing Mm -hmm. when it comes to teen culture, um, specifically as it relates to pressure Mm -hmm. and performance. What does that look like and how is that a preventative measure to depression? Yeah, and so we're talking about teens and we know that they spend a lot of time in school, which is an academic environment. And the rigor of the coursework, the expectations, the the workload, the commitments, especially if they're involved in athletics. I know. Right? I, was a, I was a high school teacher, <laughs> and I'll just say, just in the time between when I was in high school and then when I was teaching high school, the number of AP classes that it seemed like these kids were taking had gone just through the roof. I mean, there's so much more and the intensity is so much higher. Yes. Yes. And so the schools would say the rigor is, is, is there and we want our students to compete. And that is awesome. Um, kids are, some kids can do it Mm -hmm. and, and some kids, um, are, are fine with that level of pressure. Some kids thrive and then others feel the pressure and they, succumb to it it's just defeating Mm -hmm. and so it's important for parents to be their child's best advocate and kids at that age are getting um all kids are getting messages from a wide variety of sources we want to be the loudest you know sort of messenger (laughs) um that's not always the case but just make sure that the message if that's my one takeaway make sure that the message is consistent and clear that you are loved you are accepted. You are amazing just 
for you, mm. just being who you are. Um, and I don't know that with all the noise, kids mm. are hearing that. They're sort of succumbing to the pressure of and the demands of school and competing with their peers and being at the top of the class and trying to get into this school and that school. Um, be excellent. Be right. excellent. There's nothing wrong with striving for excellence, you know, reaching your own potential and setting goals for yourself. I love that. I celebrate that. Um, perfectionism can be problematic. Mm. Comparison can be a trap, um, mm. as my pastor's wife says. So just, I would say for parents, just be mindful of the pressures and just have a consistent message of you're amazing for just being you. That's an amazing message and so important. When you say to advocate uh, on your child's behalf, mm-hmm. you used that word. I'm assuming that doesn't always mean advocate for an A, yeah. advocate for you know a transcript. What yes. does it look like to advocate for them so that they have what it takes to really push through? Yeah, so you're touching on another one of my um, <laughs> soapbox topics which is resilience and and the definition of resilience my definition of resilience is is going through adversity mm-hmm. not going around it not circumventing not um avoiding it but going through adversity and realizing that you have the capacity to get through it mm-hmm. that's it you're resilient you've yeah. gone through something yeah. and you've come um to the other side of it maybe a little worn Right. But certainly wise and you've le- you know, you've learned some lessons and now you're equipped for the next challenge. And I think as parents, um, and I've been guilty of this, we protect our we wanna protect and mm-hmm. we're supposed to protect our kids and sometimes we just do a really good job of that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like 38 and still living with us because <laughs> we've done too good of too a much job protection. a little yeah. bit too much protection from the world is the world scary yeah are there dangers we've talked about that here um on earlier podcasts the world can be scary uh, but are we equipping our kids to be able to handle it and and some of that is just saying i believe in you and mm. encouraging them that's great Now, just to come back through, because we are talking about depression, we are talking about suicide, Mm -hmm. we're talking about these things that are influencing teenagers, I want to make sure that we end on a couple of resources you've said that um, exist out there for anybody who knows a friend or is dealing with this in their home, where they can go and find some support, find some help. Um, And we're going to link to all of these in the show notes, but just give us um, a couple of those names so that we can be aware and have those uh, just, you know, as a resource uh, at our in our home. Absolutely. The first resource I want to mention is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And so the number is 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-TALK. And so this is a website um, and a phone number that can connect parents to the nearest available suicide prevention and mental health service. And so it's the only national suicide prevention telephone resource funded by the federal government. And the second resource that I want to mention is the American Association of Suicidology. Um, And so this website actually has uh, wonderful resources Uh, free resources that has even videos and webinars that educators, small group leaders, parents can use um, as sort of like an adjunct in this conversation that's not easy to have. 
Chenwei, thank you so much for sharing that with us, for coming here and talking to us about this topic um, and for all of the work that you do to help our young people, our teenagers, our families. Thank you so much, Kristen. I appreciate you having me here. What an absolute heavy yet so necessary conversation. Um, guys, this is something that we don't want to shy away from. And um, as easy as it would be, you know, would have been to turn that conversation off in the middle of it. I'm so glad that you guys made it through to the end because there's so much that we can do just just as we heard to advocate for teens that are struggling with depression, suicidal tendencies or thoughts. And so, listen, the cue is really clear today. What we would love for you guys to do here at Parent Q is just to head over um, to our episode page. So just head over to the parentq.org. And there um, on the episode page, we're going to have show notes and we're actually going to have links to the resources that we talked about today. What, um, what just what an incredible conversation. So pointed towards the hope that really does exist. So hopefully you guys are feeling a little bit of that hopefulness in the midst of a time where we're seeing so many teens that are struggling with depression and suicidal tendencies and suicidal thoughts. Um, I hope today is going to be something that you guys um, can use in not only your own family, but maybe some families that are dealing with these issues as well. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out and listening to this podcast. Carlos Whitaker for Kristen Ivey and the rest of our team saying we'll see you guys next time on Parent Q Live. Mm-hmm.